Your man Jeremy Sohan is getting overlooked like Nikola Jokic at the 2014 draft. Welcome to the Believe in Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The weekly show dedicated to helping fantasy managers like you crush your league and bring home multiple championships. Now, your host, Robin Marks. We believe every NBA fan that plays fantasy football should also play fantasy basketball. This episode is presented to you by Bet Online. The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all of your live betting action and contest. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips, with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to the Bet Online website today and remember to use your promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Here are the top five waiver wire targets you need to pay attention to for week three of the fantasy basketball season. DeAnthony Melton. DeAnthony Melton is only rostered in 15.5% of ESPN leagues. It's a different story on Yahoo, where he's rostered in over 65% of leagues. Over the last seven days, he's averaged 25.7 minutes per game. Yes, eight points per game, Mm, maybe. Three rebounds a game, yuck. 5.7 assists a game, not bad. 1.3 steals, that's okay, and 0.3 blocks, that's not so hot. So what do we say? Listen, at first, DeAnthony Melton reported that he didn't even believe that the James Harden trade was real news, right? So most people in the fantasy industry believe DeAnthony Melton is going to benefit from James Harden's departure. I agree. However, in the last week, he hasn't been having the best performances. So people are like, is he really a hold? Should I pick him up? This week is going to be super stacked in terms of busy games. So it's going to be a little difficult to stream. So if you have him on your roster, this is a great opportunity to kind of to kind of let him breathe a little bit to see if he can bring back the value that you expected. Because this is one thing I know for sure. DeAnthony Melton, over the years, when he gets the playing time, he produces. Him averaging 25.7 minutes per game is a big deal. So with James Harding departing, that could go up to maybe 27, 28. Sky's the limit. So I would hold on to DeAnthony Melton. Next up, we got Josh Richardson, who just returned back to the Miami Heat. He's rostered in just 2.1% of ESPN leagues. What are we doing with our life, people? Like, pick the man up. Test them out this week. In Yahoo, it ain't much difference. 8% of leagues in Yahoo have Richardson on their team. Over the last seven days, check this out. Your man has averaged 
26.3 minutes, excuse me. In the last seven days, he's averaged 26.3 minutes per game. Minutes per game. He's on the floor. He's getting the playing time. His stats, it's it's not really sexy, right? So he's only averaged in the last seven days 6.7 points, three rebounds, 3.3 assists, and his defensive stats aren't even worth mentioning. But that's not what we're focused on right here. What we're focused on is the fact that the man is actually getting on the floor for almost 30 minutes a game. You like 26.3. With that being said, this week, I would pick him up and see how it plays out. I would go ahead and grab Josh Richardson. From the Atlanta Hawks, DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter is just rostered in 33% of ESPN leagues and 63% of Yahoo leagues. He got a really big contract last year, I believe. I think it was a four-year extension. So Atlanta believes in the young man. They want to see him take the top off, boobies is out, hair blowing in the wind. They want to give him the opportunity. He also has positional eligibility for small forward and power forward, so he's kind of like a Swiss army knife on your roster. This is the week to test it out. See if he continues to get the kind of opportunity that he's getting because over the last seven days, he's averaged 29.3 minutes per game, y'all. Come on, ma. Like, we got to pay attention to that. Also, check this out. He's averaged 14.5 points per game over the last seven days. 4.8 rebounds, 1.8 assists, 1.8 steals. Defensive stats, get money, 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 money. Listen, DeAndre Hunter, not the sexiest name in your waiver wire pool. I get it. But give him an opportunity, see how it plays out. It won't hurt. From the Brooklyn Nets, Dorian Finney Smith. On ESPN, he is just rostered in 18% of the leagues. In Yahoo, he's just rostered in 32% of the leagues. Check this out. In the last seven days, yo, you're going to bug out. Your man is averaging 32.8 minutes per game. In the last seven days, he's averaging 32.8. 32.8 minutes a game. That's wow opportunity. He's also averaging 17.3 points per game, 5.3 rebounds, one assist, 0.3 steals, eh, and 0.8 blocks. Listen, Cam Johnson is out. Nick Claxton might be out for a little longer. There's going to be, I think Spencer Dinwiddie's also banged up. There's going to be tons of opportunity for him. So it's, again, it's not a name that we're like, oh my goodness, I got to run to the waiver for waiver wire for Dorian Finney-Smith. Typically, Dorian Finney-Smith is like a constant waiver wire piece, not somebody that you really keep on your roster. People look at him like like hot dog water or something like that, right? Bum juice. He's not that right now. This is just a window of opportunity. With these guys banged up, Dorian Finney-Smith getting 32.8 minutes per game in the last seven days is a big deal. Pick him up off your waivers today. Your man Jeremy Sohan is getting overlooked like Nikola Jokic at the 2014 draft. I got to talk about him again. People ain't listening. People not paying attention. He's only at, he's only rostered in 
of Yahoo leagues right now. So he's still widely available. He is still widely available on ESPN, on Yahoo, on Sleeper, all over the place. Listen, I understand that some people have a fear that he might lose his starting point guard position to Trey Jones. I get that. But that's not happening right now. He's actually growing into his opportunity and into his role. Over the last seven days, he's averaged 26 minutes per game, 7.3 points. Check this out. 5.3 rebounds, 5.7 assists. You see the trend here, right? He's also averaged about 0.3 steals and a half a block. So what people are not talking about when it comes to Jeremy Sohan and how he can possibly be the league winner for your fantasy basketball team is the Wimby factor. Him being on a squad with, you know, a player like Wimby is just going to boost his value the further down the line they get. They're still trying to develop that chemistry. They're still trying to gel. We're only a couple of weeks into the season, and now we're starting to see some of those small breakthroughs. For example, on November 2nd versus Phoenix, check out this stat line. Sohan had 26 minutes, 14 points, 5 rebounds, and 9 assists. He is moving in the right direction. So, I understand the way the waiver wire works. If you're streaming your worst two players and maybe Jeremy Sohan is one of those players, I get it. But we need to start reimagining what his potential can be for fantasy basketball. So I am on the hilltop telling people to be patient with Jeremy Sohan because it could impact your team long term for the rest of the season. And just a few bonus waiver wire folks you need to keep an eye out for. Malik Monk, Grant Williams, Malik Beasley, Sadiq Bey, Dylan Brooks, Christian Wood, and Derek Lively. And just for the record, the content that we create here are, is primarily for points league players. Right? It's for points league players players. However, there will be some overlap in terms of the value that you get for category leagues and even roto leagues. But I just wanted to put it out there that points leagues sometimes are looked at as the redheaded stepchild in the fantasy basketball community. If you go into like Reddit forums and different places where I hang out, right? Sometimes points leagues are frowned upon. And I want to make sure that points leagues players, right? Points league players have the opportunity to give value as well, consistent value. So that's one thing I wanted to be very clear about. If you are playing in a points league, this content is for you. This channel is for you. This podcast is for you. If you are in a category league or a roto, we welcome you as well. We want you to be here and you will likely get some value as well. However, I want to make sure we're 100% crystal clear that we are for all fantasy basketball. Anybody who's playing in any format, we don't have any barriers saying like, hey, if you like this kind of uh, this kind of league type, you can't play here. If you are on Sleeper, you are welcomed here. If you are on Fantrax, you are welcome here. If you are on ESPN, welcome. Yahoo, welcome. NBA.com, welcome. You know what I'm saying? Underdog, welcome. 
I just had to put it out there because there have been some things in the comments that I've seen that are not in line with our values as a channel. We welcome all, especially points leagues. Here are the top five buy lows for week three of the fantasy NBA season. First off, Cade Cunningham. I love Cade Cunningham, especially in Dynasty, right? Listen, Cade is having a very inconsistent start. I have been super high on Cade, and I remain high on Cade. I believe in Cade Cunningham, and I think he will have a great season. And I think long-term for Dynasty Leagues, he is someone you want to invest in right now while the price is still a little lower. However, these struggles, if he's not on your team, could be an opportunity for you to buy low. So if you have a fantasy manager in your league who's stressed out about Cade Cunningham's up and down American screen machine roller coaster production, then this could be your opportunity to send an offer and buy low. Paolo Banquero. Paolo is someone that I was relatively high on for the offseason and the preseason and during draft season, right? But his scoring hasn't been there. He's been putting up numbers in other categories, but specifically for his points, we expected a little bit more from him, right? So Orlando is a young team. They're still trying to kind of find their way in terms of the way they're going to play and also their identity as, as a squad in the NBA. So I think Paolo's going to be okay, but you got to be patient if you're holding him. If you got a league uh, a league mate that has him, though, they're probably already panicking and sending offers. You could probably probably create some kind of a, a package for them to maybe even send a two-for-one so you can bring them back to your squad. Trey Young. I love Trey Young. I'm a big Trey Young fan. I think that you know, here in that in the Atlanta area where where I reside, like Trey Young has been like a beacon of hope for young people and all of that. But for fantasy this year, mm, he hasn't really been hitting the mark. Not for what we expect. I remember actually, like a couple years ago, even like he was like consistently a first round type of producer in points leagues. But these days, it ain't really happening. These days, he's been falling a little short, almost like. He's he's not really reaching his uh, maximum potential in this early part of the season. But I firmly believe that he's going to be okay. He's going to bounce back. He's Trey freaking young. So that league mate of yours who has him on a team, see if you can send out an offer. Maybe send like a third rounder over who's doing well and see if you can bring Trey Young back to your squad. Jakob. Pertle. Jakob Pertle was somebody that we were talking about all over the fantasy industry. People were looking at him as one of those kind of late round centers that could kind of fill the gap if you didn't get a Jokic or a Cat or a bio in the earlier rounds, right? But man, he 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 been stinking up the joint. Like honestly, yo, it's been really really bad. Like a bag of farts. It's not happening the way we expected for Jakob Pertl. But I believe he'll be able to bounce back. And I also think that some people are going as far as even dropping him. I've seen him dropped in 10-team leagues, right? So if you're in a 10-team league, 8-team league, maybe even 12s, you might see him get dropped if people are panicking. 
but definitely consider seeing if you could create a package to bring Jakob Pertl to your squad. He's bound to bounce back. Walker Kessler. Walker Kessler is someone that we speak about probably every week on this show. We are on the record for promoting him in the offseason, in the draft season. We believed in Walker Kessler. But I have a lot of Walker Kessler stock. And I have to say, I'm losing faith. I am slowly but surely losing faith. I'm getting worried. He had a couple of decent games in week two. Week one was kind of a wash. You know what I'm saying? So if you have a, a league member uh, in your league who has Walker Kessler, this would be a good time to buy low. Like the, I don't know if the price would get this low, but as a manager, I am concerned with Walker Kessler. I'm confident that he will do better. I don't know if he's going to reach the value of his ADP, though. I don't know if he's going to come back and produce on the level that people actually spent in terms of draft capital. So if you don't have him on your roster, this could be an opportunity to get him on the low low while the fantasy manager who has him on a team is panicking. Here are the top five sell highs for week three of the NBA fantasy season. Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, yes, I said Russell Westbrook. He is not that guy right now. He is not the Russell Westbrook of old. But with James Harden coming to town, if, if Russell Westbrook has a signature game, like one of those triple-double Russell Westbrook of old games, you got to move him because his value will continue to decline over the next few weeks. And before you know it, he's going to be all the way in the burning dumpster like just crushing your fantasy team's potential. John Collins. John Collins has been outproducing anything that people thought he would do. He's beyond his ADP right now. He's even outperforming people like Walker Kessler, right? So for me, I love John Collins and I love the opportunity to see if you can get more for him. So I would see if you could sell high on John Collins. LeBron James. There was a threat that he would be playing lower minutes to start the season. By the second game, he was already like doing more than we thought he was going to do in terms of minutes on the floor. So LeBron James right now is putting on a show. He is putting up old school, not even old school, just consistent LeBron James production. But the, the fact of the matter is, LeBron James always is resting. He's always like having wine on the sideline, eating cheese on the sideline, whatever. So listen, I don't know if this he's going to be able to maintain this level of value without missing some days, having some kind of like ticky-tack injury. So if you could sell LeBron James, I would do it right now. This one kind of breaks my heart to say, oh my God, I don't believe I'm going to say it. Jalen Duran. Jalen Duran has been on an absolute tear to start this season. At one point, he was averaging like 15 rebounds a game. Right now, it's a little lower, I believe, because he was out a couple of games. Any way you look at it, long-term dynasty value, he's the kind of player I'm holding on to. But for a redraft league, for the championship, if you can sell high on him now and get like, 
you know, because you you drafted him like later in a draft, y'all. So if you can get like middle round value, fourth round, fifth round value for him, maybe some of those guys who are by by lows right now, this could be an opportunity to like take advantage of his like out of this world production. From the Brooklyn Nets, Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas is like out of this world. Like he is going off. Literally, I think he's like the third like highest scorer in the NBA right now. Like he's really going off. I don't think it's going to last, y'all. Like I don't think it's going to last. Like last year we had a run from uh, Cam Thomas that was very similar where he was putting up these 40-point, 35-point games. He was going off. And then he kind of got quieted down with all of the new players in the big deal that sent away um, KD arrived in Brooklyn. So Jacques Vaughn is up to something, right? He's trying to explore this young man's potential. But will he be like a 30-point scorer at the end of the season? Like I'm confident in saying no, that he will not. I could be wrong, but I doubt it. There's somebody in your league, though, if they're a Brooklyn Nets homer type fan. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if it's a New Yorker in your in your league, somebody from Brooklyn that you can hit him with the, yo, I throw you a beef patty and cheese, and I throw you Cam Thomas, boom, boom, boom. See if you can get back somebody like, you know, I don't know, Cam, uh, I mean, Cage Cunningham or something like that. You could try to see if you could take advantage of a buy low, sell high type situation. So sell high on him for a buy low. Any way you look at it, I love what the young man is doing, but I do not know if it's sustainable. Now, now let's open up the Believe in Fantasy Basketball mailbag. The cool thing is about taking these questions from our Discord community is the fact that you may very well have the same questions. The first question is from Carno123. He says, what's your thoughts on Scoot? Should we hold or ride out? Will he get better? So I'm worried about Scoot, man. Like, honestly, you know, not every rookie comes in the first year and is able to produce. People like um, Asar Thompson from Detroit is killing right now. He has the type of skill set that works for a fantasy game. Scoot playing point guard, point guards who rookie point guards turn the ball over. They struggle to shoot the ball. Honestly, I don't know how it's going to end. I I would definitely be worried if I had Scoot on my team. I don't have any Scoot Henderson stock, but I would definitely be worried. I know he's also been banged up. I got a lot of concerns. And what I would do is just kind of monitor the landscape to see how people uh, across the platforms are treating him. Because for me, at any point, he could end up being on the waiver wire. I hope it doesn't happen. I hope that he would turn it around. But at this point, it's ugly. This one is from Lobster B. He says, should I drop Matherin for Cam Thomas? If Cam Thomas is on your waiver wire, you drop Benedict Matherin right now. This one is from Breezy. He says, how do you think the Clippers are going to do with Harden? With Will Russ... Kawhi PG stats go down extremely. What do you think? I think everyone's going to take a little bit of a hit. I think some people kind of have like hard and proof, you know, skill sets. Kawhi, PG, uh, PG 13. I think both of those guys are going to still put up 
very good fantasy numbers as long as they're healthy. I do believe Russ is going to take a dramatic hit, though. I don't know, um, you know, what, you know, uh, Teron Lou's, like, game plan is going to be, right? Like, Harden is on the record saying, like, he is the system. (laughs) Your man was like, yo, they were like, yo, how you going to do in this system? He's like, nah, I am the system. So I don't know. Like, there's a bit of, like, arrogance involved, pride involved. If Harden came off the bench, it might be better for the team, but he's not going to do that. Russell Westbrook has shown that he can be a valuable player even coming off the bench, but I don't know what the Harden dynamic is going to do for his stats. So I have big concerns about Russ. I think Harden's going to do okay. I think Harden's going to be Harden. His game these days are not, you know, it's not really built on him having to score 30 points a game anymore. It's really about him facilitating. And I think he has enough weapons there to still be a viable fantasy uh, contributor. This one is from Bosch 4. Bosch 4 says, thoughts on picking up Miles Bridges. I have Miles Bridges on a couple of teams. I'm thinking about dropping him, yo. It's it's killing me, especially on ESPN because I can't put him in my IR. Like, it's crushing me. So, thoughts on picking him up? It depends on your record. If you're looking, if you're 2-0 right now and you're confident your week three matchup is somebody that you can wash and you can stay over 500 after week three, like you can get to like three and one, you know, maybe even three and two, he might be worth holding because if he comes back, he's coming back with a vengeance. Like Miles Bridges, before all of this debacle with all of his court cases, he was about to get a huge max contract and he messed up the bag, squandered his blessings, right? And I think if he came back, he's going to play with a chip on his shoulder and he's going to be beasting, 20 and 10, easy. So it's risk versus reward, right? Are you willing to take the risk of like losing games because you have just a, a, a dead space on your roster, but think about the reward of possibly snatching up a league-winning player before anyone else. Next question is from Mr. Bean. He says, what should I do about Julius Randle if he's on my team? Ooh, this is this is yucky. So I was pretty high on Julius Randle. And it's funny because in years past, I haven't really been. He's just been so good, especially for points leagues. The last couple of years, I was like, let me move him up in my rankings. Boy, man, I, I was wrong on that one. So over the last seven days, he's averaged 35 minutes per game, which is great. 13.7 points. Yuck. Ugh. 9.3 rebounds. Yes. 3.7 assists. Eh. 1.3 steals. That's okay. I think the biggest concern here is his uh, points production, right? So we expect way more from that, from him, like at least 19 to 20 points per game. So maybe even 17 would be okay. This is just not it for him. So I I definitely am super concerned about Julius Randle and would look at maybe even moving him if he had uh, if he can string together a few good games I might even consider moving him. But now that you're prepared to dominate week three, make sure you check out our episode about how to play dynasty fantasy basketball. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Believe in Fantasy Basketball Podcast with Robin Marks. Join our free Discord community at BelieveInFantasy.com.
And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Believe in Fantasy. This episode was presented to you by Bet Online, where the game starts.